This podcast is a member of the WrestleJoy Podcasting Network. Visit WrestleJoy.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as interviews, show reviews, articles, and more, as we bring out the joy in the wrestling world today. It's the Sauce Alex Zane. This is the Babe of the Bayou, Brittany Nicole. This is Ray Fury here. This is the Glitch in the System, Jay Walker. And you're listening. And you are watching. And you're listening. And you're listening to the Bald Monkeys Wrestling Podcast. To the Bald Monkeys Podcast. And the Bald Monkeys Podcast. And to the Bald Monkeys Podcast. Yeet, yeet. the weekly aspects of it all right here on the bald monkeys wrestling Welcome, everybody, back to another installment of the Bald Monkeys Wrestling Podcast. I am here. I am your captain, Captain Chuckles. We have the boss, Steven. He is with us tonight. Christopher is on vacation, and uh, we're trying to leave him alone. So he has some uh, family time and some time away from us monkeys. But tonight, we are joined with a very special guest, uh, another owner slash promoter, but he would like to be called, and he is, the CEO of Action Wrestling out of Tyrone, Georgia. We have Matt Griffin. Matt, welcome to the podcast tonight. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Um, Branding-wise, Bald Monkeys fits in perfectly with my image, so uh, this is a, a very well-aligned podcast for me to do. It, I love it. We have, we have alumni. We, we have meetings once a year. We get all the, the bald people together. And, uh, you know, we always try to have a good time. <laughs> but thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, Stephen, you're not, you're not um, invited. You have hair, so I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're out of luck. So, again, as you guys know, we like to get in and find out how everybody got into wrestling, what they love about it, who they love about it. Um, so, Matt, what was young Matt Griffin like? Well, uh, I was not in, I was not any sort of athlete. Um, I, I mean, I played, you know, some baseball, soccer, basketball in elementary school, but I didn't play and pursue anything in middle school or high school because I wasn't very athletic. Um, but I did love wrestling. The very first thing I remember, uh, was watching the mega powers explode in uh, February, 1989 on the main event. Uh, I'm sure that I had seen something previously, but maybe didn't remember it. But that's the first thing I remember seeing, which led into WrestleMania. And July 1989, uh, when I was, watch I was watching Superstars, and they had a uh, show in Worcester, Mass., which ended up being a Saturday Night's Main Event taping. 
and superstars taping. So it was like four plus hours marathon job matches and, and, and such uh, for TV. And I fell in love that, that night. Um, nice. I was, and still am into comic books and, uh, you know, horror fiction, fantasy. So the world of wrestling is always, you know, with the storytelling and characters has really seemed very natural to me. It's, yeah. uh, it's funny when I watch something like a uh, college football or NFL game and they're not allowed to show their charisma or their character, you know, it's something that the NBA, you know, they are somewhat loose with, you know, when guys make a, a three or have a slam dunk and, you know, they, they, but in the, you know, in the NFL, you can't really celebrate a touchdown in the wrong way. So that was always weird to me. It's awesome that those are the things that are encouraged in wrestling. You know, yeah. Be outlandish. That, that character freedom. development is, is a big part of how they get their characters over on TV and in person and everything. It's really interesting when you see, uh, when you think about it and you see who becomes popular and why it's not always the best players. And it's not always, you know, in the uh, shoot sports, it's definitely not always the best players. It's, and often it's because of personality or where they are, or just something clicks in the imagination for the, you know, the population or a city and someone becomes lightning hot. Yeah, exactly. So you're watching that show, you know, you were a, a younger kid, you know, who, who was the wrestler that kind of, you know, you pinpointed as, you know, this is my favorite, you know, or the, or the one that made you a fan, you know, when you were growing up, who caught your eye? I mean, initially young. Yeah. When I was younger, it was, it was definitely Hogan. Um, I got the Hulk rules shirt at that July 89 show. And uh, I ended up meeting him a year later and getting it autographed. I still do have it. That's um, you know, I liked, you know, I liked Hogan's best friend. I like beefcake. Um, I eventually started watching the NWA syndicated TV, which I did get up in Massachusetts. I never had cable, but I had a great station uh, channel 27 out of Worcester that had a lot of syndicated TV. Um, I eventually got to see uh, world class and I got to see the Tony Atlas, IW, CCW. Um, I got to see USWA. Um, so I got to leave. Um, I got to see a lot of, uh, a lot of different stuff. Of course, I liked Ric Flair, you know, um, it's, it, I really didn't gravitate to, to one, overall it would be one for a certain amount of time um I still feel like i still feel like that today i mean when i'm watching i mostly watch and pay attention to independent wrestling and there's a variety of guys i like to watch gotcha yeah it's 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 it sounds like a lot of those those beginnings of your wrestling fandom were the the classic wrestling you know not not too much of the dramatic kind of you know mm, mysterious dark character type stuff you know i remember um for the nwa i remember the early angle of how they introduced woman in some of the television how that led into doom which led into teddy long taking over doom uh remind me to finish that story and having some of the coolest theme music and so that was a 
you know, that was always cool to me that Doom had the hood, the, the storyline progression, because it was one of the early ones I saw in the NWA. Uh, Doom had hoods on and they had a looting streak and then had to unmask. And then when Teddy Long took over the contract, they were, they were badass. And they had, uh, unfortunately, you can't really hear it anymore because they don't have the license. So it's not on any of the WCW pay-per-views. But they had an incredible theme music with Teddy Long coming out. Um, and uh, years later, I got to uh, actually wrestle Butch Reed on an independent show, which was very short but very, but uh, but very cool. Looking back, that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Especially to say you got to wrestle with him, man. The funny, the funny story about uh, that, and my wrestling name was J C North, J A C E Y North. Um, for the most, I mean, for the bulk of my career. Now, when I've wrestled for Action last year, it was the CEO Matt Griffin. But uh, I got to use the shoot name around town because no one would know who the hell J C North is. But uh, in Louisiana, they have a commission. Butch Reed's blood pressure was very high, and you had to take blood pressure tests the day of the show. They almost didn't let him wrestle, so we had to keep it short. They allowed that. So basically, he goes out there. I cut a promo. I slide in, bump, bump, shoulder tackle finish, and then the match was, you know, maybe 20 seconds, but I still got my usual payday, so it was fantastic. Hey. <laughs> Paid in the end of it the right way. It was funny because that result popped up and I guess online in a couple magazines because I used to get asked about it all the time and I'm like, there's absolutely nothing to tell about the match. I mean, he was he was fine. I mean, you know, he bumped me three times and that was it. That's it was great. But yeah, you would have liked to have it gone longer. And and that's that's two people that we've talked to now that that have both had matches with Reed. Yeah. We had uh, we actually talked to Ryzen, um, who wrestles down south as well. I, I, he's based in Florida, and okay. uh, he actually wrestled him a bunch of times. He had told us. Okay, yeah, it was. Uh, it's interesting when you know you get to to talk with guys that you saw on television or at shows growing up, and then you know it's then when you're in the locker room and you're on a kind of an even keel and. It's uh, it's it it still does it's it doesn't get old. It's very very cool. It's it's very cool to be able to get to do that. You don't really get to do that, you know. I don't think you really get to do that in other sports because there's shoots. You you know, wrestling. You can wrestle into your 40s and 50s, and if yeah. you you know if you stay in good health and are smart about what you're doing. Definitely. So you mentioned earlier about you, the CEO of Action Wrestling. What uh, what paved the way of getting you started? What started action wrestling? Well, I stopped actively wrestling in about 2007, 2008. Um, and I, I did a, f a few things here and there. But, you know, as far as, you know, trying to seek bookings and really work actively, that's, that's when I really ended it. And it was a totally different scene in Georgia at the time. It wasn't as robust as it is now. I always wanted to promote and book, but whenever I do something, I want to make sure it's going to be successful. And it just never, um, in any, in any show, you have to have a building, you have to have a management of the building or whatever team you're working with, that's going to make it and help it be successful. And in my town, I found, uh, I kind of found the rec center 
that I have most of my most of my shows in, and it was perfect. The fire code is 256, which is which is great for uh, for a venue because I can put a decent amount of people in there. It's not you know it's not going to appear um, as long as you scale it correctly and don't set up you know too many chairs if you don't have enough tickets sold. It's not going to be a big issue. Um, funny thing is from my very first show in April, 2018, I had people tell me it was packed and I had about 150 people there and I was laughing because I'm like, well, I only set up seating for 150 people. <laughs> I didn't set up seating for 250, you know, that's just, and that's just producing, you know, as I, as I pre-sold more floor seats and figured out what I need for general admission, I, and I have the philosophy of never setting a chair out that's not going to be sat in. So you can kind of manipulate your independent crowd to look full, even if you're not. And with the building, it just sort of, uh, uh, you know, it just sort of fell into place. I always wanted to run a benefit for Make-A-Wish because I've been a volunteer for Make-A-Wish Georgia for seven years now. Uh, I wanted to run an event for them. And since the leading wish giver, or excuse me, the leading wish grantor, and this is, across the board of all time is John Cena wrestling with make-a-wish is pretty natural. Um, so I, I, I ended up running a show and giving all the profits to make-a-wish and I said I was going to do two shows and evaluate and see how it goes. I was so happy after my first show, I booked the rest of 2018 out and looked in 2019 and well, had a lot of canceled shows in 2020, but um, but I'm always looking ahead, and I always try to for my standard shows work with a nonprofit that I can give the proceeds to because I ha I'm very fortunate. I have a good job, and I don't want wrestling to be something that I have to do. I can walk away from it if I need to. I'm not dependent on it for any income. I, I enjoy what I do, it's, but it's not my shoot job. This is not what I do for a living. Gotcha. And that's such a character in you as, in yourself, too. So that's, that's awesome that you can give back to all these nonprofits like that. What would be the most rewarding part of this with all the nonprofits you help out and everything when it comes to the action wrestling? I think, I mean, it's, it's great to be able to write a check to a nonprofit. I try to work um, – you know, I, aside from Make-A-Wish, which is a national organization with state chapters, I try to work with local nonprofits. And it's really cool when you can give them, uh, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars. But to a local nonprofit, that's a substantial amount of money. Um, that's on the business side. On the creative side, the most rewarding thing is when I have an idea um, or I talk with Dylan Hales, who is, he doesn't like to be called my co-booker, but essentially is in my sounding board and we can both come up with ideas. And um, when you have an idea and you're able to see it through to fruition, like on my very first show in April, 2018, we started an angle and it involved me because I'm not going to lie now, you know, years later, of course I was going to have to get back in the ring and wrestle for myself. I mean, I always who joke. Wouldn't, who wouldn't, you know? Exactly. It's like, why book, why book shows if you can't book yourself in and put yourself over? The, uh, uh, and then we were able to culminate that angle in October 2019. So we were able to have an 18-month angle. Um, and 
see it through. And the funny part is my team did end up going over in the end, but that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> it just creatively things change where some, some of the guys wouldn't be available for some shows. So it's like, okay, so you are going to lose. And, uh, and then we worked that in angle. We broke right off and turned our heel champion, AC Mac babyface, And, um, you know, you're able to pay off an angle that a storyline that goes for a year and a half, um, I get in the ring myself a few times in that phase, which is fun to me, especially because I do know a lot of the crowd and I'm, I'm local, I'm promoting my hometown. Um, and, uh, you know, when I'm able to, to, to see talent co- come through, um, I always want to have the best wrestling talent I can, and you're able to put them in a storyline and make them shine. Um, we, we had a great uh, a great. Uh, bit of storytelling that I loved and led to three awesome matches between uh, Fred Yehi and uh, Eric Royal. And they were phenomenally underrated and all three matches were different. Both guys have different styles, but they work together well. And we got such heat in the building when we did an injury angle with Fred, he dove out of the ring and ended up hitting part of a stage and he was dead. And, um, you know, I go over, it's like, what, you know, I know, I know how to sell things as a uh, as a shoot as opposed to a work. I mean, if I go up, oh, my God, Fred's hurt. What? It's, you know, but if you slide up, you're like, wait, is, is he okay? You start asking things, <laughs> is he okay? What the hell? Shit, what, the, what, hap- what happened? I didn't see it. And we got the building in just a few seconds so quiet because we're selling it like a shoot. So – you know, you have this crowd that's up for a match and it's like, oh shit, what happened? Even the, you know, even Matt doesn't even know. And then of course, when you unleash, okay, Eric power bombs Fred Yehi through a table and it's, it's, it's shocking and you're able to go bam, bam, bam. That's, that's very cool. It's very multifaceted storytelling and you, know, you lead into a, we ended up leading to a false count anywhere match that they went a half hour and were absolutely insane with did much more than I asked them to do. And it's, you know, those are, I've had a lot of other instances like that. That's uh, that's rewarding. That's the storytelling that, that people love in wrestling, you know, the, those things yeah. that go on for that long. And I'm telling you though, the, the injury shoots that they do, no matter what promotion, I mean, I, I think I get baited every single time. Every single time. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy. I'll talk. Oh, yeah, he's hurt. He's so hurt. You know, it, sometimes promotions oversell it, and it's like they make the big deal of throwing up the X, and it's like, okay, I can tell this is a work because you wouldn't be acting like that. You wouldn't have done this beforehand. You wouldn't have, um, you know, and you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave the crowd feeling tricked so that every time you know if you do have something legit it's like oh it's an angle you you want people to be able to um not feel cheated like you're trying to get one over they mm-hmm. want to be taken along for the ride storytelling but they don't want to feel over manipulated um they want to believe it they yeah they do but they don't you know it, it's so often like the major tv promotions you see these injury angles and they're but they're so overdone and you may have five or 10 minutes out of a television show dedicated to it, but nobody's buying it because it's like, all right, we've seen this several times. Um, you know, by the time I had somebody go through a table, you know, it was a, it was a big 
impact because I didn't have like a tables match every show and I didn't give into excess, which is very funny because one of the promotions that had a huge impact on me was ECW, which was all about excess. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I like yeah. But with storytelling, I like to reward fans who pay attention um, with action. Uh, we also have a close partnership with uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, SUP, that's Southern Underground Pro. Um, in fact, the same guy, AC Mack, holds both championships right now. Um, he is a I'm beast. One, he's yeah. awesome. We, he, um, and I'm one of the bookers of Scenic City Invitational out of the Chattanooga area. So we weave, with all three promotions, we weave stories kind of back and forth. And if you watch all three, which a lot of fans do on independent wrestling TV, cheap plug, use promo code ACTION for five free days, you get rewarded for, for seeing different things um, translate from one show to a different show to a different promotion. That's awesome. And definitely. Yeah, that's rewarding. Oh, yeah. yeah. And definitely, people listening, IWTV is definitely, it's worth the five days just to check it out. But it's definitely worth, I think it's like 10 bucks a month it's um, to, the, to get everything that's on there. I mean, it's it's amazing. The, I mean, I'm incredibly biased because they, in fact, they paid me today. Of course, I make money from <laughs> when people watch action wrestling. But, I mean, they've added, uh, they've added GCW shows. They've added... Uh, excuse me, they've added promotions from Japan. They've just been putting up battle arts, which is insane and amazing. The absolute depth of stuff they have on there is breathtaking. And previously before, you know, we were locked down, we, there were live streams happening, you know, several per week. So you get to watch an event live, follow the hashtag and tweet about it. I mean, just like you're watching a pay-per-view on a Sunday night. So that was, that was a really, I mean, that was very cool. And, you know, I like fight TV. I, I buy some of the pay-per-views on that as well, but for 10 bucks a month for IWTV, it's a, it's an incredible value promo code action. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so you mentioned about a lot of your shows being canceled because of 2020 and everything that, you know, is going on. What's next for action wrestling? Man. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, I had an outdoor venue and I had a show planned for July and um, and things changed and the venue is not going to be available and they don't want to have a show there. It's it's uh, it's tough right now because the last week COVID-19 rates have been spiking in several states and George is one of them. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I feel personally like I would not promote a show inside. I feel outside because transmission rates are, um, are exceptionally low, um, that it is a lot safer. Plus if you have, you know, if you have fans wear masks, if you have hand sanitizer stations, I was going to have a paramedic take temperatures of everybody coming in. I feel there's ways to do it safely, uh, where it's not nearly as dangerous as going to the supermarket where half the people won't wear masks because freedom. Um, but as far as next, I mean, it's, I have a lot of, I have a lot of booking ideas. I have a lot of matches that I want to want to do. Uh, um, you know, unfortunately we had to cancel the scenic city invitational, which was scheduled to happen in a month, which was going to, uh, 
you know, I don't like to, to leak things after the fact. It's like, oh, well, I, this was going to be my card for this show because I want to keep those ideas on tap. But there was going to be a lot of very, uh, very cool stuff happening. And, and I don't know, I'm kind of waiting and seeing. My, uh, my top feud right now um, is Brett Eisen, the pit bull. Uh, he is he, he's challenging AC Mack. So that's, that's the one match that on my ne- whatever show I'm able to do next, as long as I can deliver that, you know, the other six matches on the card, uh, it'll feel like gravy. I feel like the way I book shows is when you have you, – if you just put a shit – can I swear on the show? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you put a shit ton of good talent in the locker room, uh, you know, regardless of age, regardless of experience, regardless of, of gender, if you put a ton of good talent, you could just about draw names from a hat and it's going to end up being a good show. Yeah, definitely. Which would be a fun way to book a show and do a battle bowl type scenario. That would be very interesting. See, the idea is just coming up. Now that that match with AC, that was for both of his titles, right? Supposed yes. to be. Yes, because AC in uh, October in Nashville, uh, he was already the action wrestling champion. He beat Ison, which nobody had beat Ison, um, but he won that to win the Sup Bone Storm Championship, and he's been defending them together. So, um, you know, that was, uh, that was a match that was it's supposed to happen twice now. It was supposed to happen in March at a show that I had pushed that uh, it had it been two weeks earlier, we would have had it. Um, and then uh, it was going to be the main event of my July show. And, of course, I was co-running a show, uh, Warhausen's WrestleMania, which was going to be at the collective. Uh, Love the name. Uh, a WrestleMania weekend and with our friends at black label pro, um, that was going to be a huge deal. Uh, you know, it's that weekend too. I'm sorry. That would have been a great match for that weekend. It was like WrestleMania weekend always brings out the best in everybody, especially. In the yeah. We had some cool stuff that I, I hadn't revealed yet because I was going to have a show um, two weeks before it. So there's still going to be some booking plans out of it. And I mean, there's, it, it sucks, but I do feel, you know, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to be whiny complaining about my wrestling shows being canceled when people are hospitalized and people are sick and, you know, out of work and hurting financially. It's, it's frustrating, but you know, like I said earlier, I don't personally make an income off of this. And thankfully most of my wrestlers have good shoot jobs or uh, several that we've used. Um, Alan angels, for example, um, just a few weeks ago, he was one of my regulars and one of my top guys. He signed a contract with uh, All Elite Wrestling, which is awesome. I yep. mean, that's that's the goal. He 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 is a Bald Monkey Podcast alumni, as, <laughs> as we have talked to him. And he is bald, so very fitting. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other like alumni that came through your promotion that is getting big or get traction that you're proud of? Um. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of guys come through, um, you know, Marco stunt we had, uh, in mid August, you know, uh, just about a month and a half before he, he went to all elite wrestling and, and he wanted to come back and do one more match, which was, was cool. We got to do a little send off for him. Um, you know, I've had a lot of talent that's blown up on the independent scene as well. Um, and, I, I think if you use good talent and you have a good mix of talent, then things are going to happen. Like um, 
Uh, like we've had AJ Gray in. AJ was the figurehead of uh, the for the culture show, which was also supposed to happen at the collective, which is going to be, you know, what a lot of people consider to be like one of the key points of of the weekend in April. Um, we've had Warhorse defend the uh, IWTV title three or four times. Um, you know, when you have just lots of talent coming in and out, it's you know, it's it's bound to happen that some of them are going to move up and get signed, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had, uh, and two of the other guys who signed, I had Cody Vance scheduled for a show that ended up getting canceled, um, now known as Preston Vance or or Ten. Ten, yeah. Uh, in the Dark Order, he signed. He was going to be coming in, um, and I, he would have started last year for me, but he was injured. Um, I know I had I, I had announced uh, Lee Johnson, and Lee's been all over all elite. Uh, I've had uh, Shug D in once, and he was going to come in for more dates. You know, he's been in that same situation. Sean Dean's done a lot of AEW Dark as well, um, and several other guys that have been through my promotion have uh, been at AEW uh, on Dark and on uh, the shows where they were filling. They're because of the you know they're taking advantage of the opportunities they get because they're in Georgia and yeah. you know Cody and, and QT Marshall School are based out of Georgia so take advantage of everything everything you can yeah as 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 unfortunate you know that COVID has been for you know a number of people you know for some of those guys down there that are very close to where AW was with QT's place and even down in Florida. I mean, it's, it's at a time where a lot of things have been closed off. It's really opened the door for, for a lot of those, you know, independent guys to get a chance and be seen and, you know, get their name out there. This is exactly what you're talking about when, you know, you don't know an opportunity will strike, you know, uh, or just, just being lucky means that you were prepared and in the right spot. So, you know, yes, they were lucky, but they were also in shape, training, ready to go with their gimmicks, ready to be obviously TV presentable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, heck, you've got to have good gear. I've seen I've seen talented wrestlers who just have terrible gear. Like the joke was in late nineties, early two thousands, that they went and bought their gear at Hot Topic. <laughs> um, you know, so you have to you have to be ready. And you know, and in fairness, you know, some guys like. Uh, like Alan Angels had been small parts of the promotion bef- well before lockdown. Um, you know, Angels had filled several roles that he got a little bit of notoriety from. And, you know, mm-hmm. when he got a chance to to wrestle, you know, he was ready to wrestle Kenny Omega for five minutes. That's That was a big deal. Yeah. But, he, but he, you still have to come through and deliver, even if you're fortunate to just be in that spot because nobody else can do it. So – so you've got some of those names coming out. Um, is there anybody else in your promotion currently that you think's like on that verge of breaking out that people need to be paying attention to? Um, I think that, you know, I don't know when this will air, but as we tape this today, St. Louis Anarchy just announced as part of their uh, upcoming um, shows. If you have seen, they're doing kind of like at their own G1 classic type of tournament. Uh, AC Mac is going to be in B block. And my understanding is it's going to be a round robin where everyone in a block is going to wrestle each other. So he's going to have matches with 
Uh, like, for example, he's going to wrestle Jeremy Wyatt. He's going to wrestle mm. Warhorse. So, um, Angelus Lane. That's that's very cool. He's going to have a new variety of opponents. Um, I think AC Mack, especially, you know, in ring, yes. But when you consider the fact that he's one of the best promo guys and best talkers and storytellers on the independent circuit, you know, he can weave stories through his promos. Uh, he was the very first guy that came out on my first show and he, he grabbed the microphone and he cut a promo when in December, 2018, you know, uh, eight months later when he cut a promo after he won and became the inaugural champion, he cut a promo and it was a callback to that first one. He just starts off like I told you because he did. <laughs> He told everyone in April that he knew there was a new promotion. He was going to make his mark. And a lot of, a lot of that with somebody like AC is, you know, I'll give him bullet points. It's like, these are what we got to advance, but I certainly won't go word for word with it. Um, I think, uh, I definitely do think that AC is, is ready. Um, I think Sean Dean, you know, he's gotten some love on AEW dark. Um, he's another guy that's right there. Um, we have we have lots of talent like uh, Kevin Koo competes at Black Label Pro um, and he beyond and he and Dominic Garini, you know they were voted Independent Wrestling Tag Team of the Year for 2019. Um, you know Brett Eisen's starting. Uh, he unfortunately he had some opportunities that fell by the wayside, but he's going up to the ICW No Holds Barred show and he's going to wrestle Eddie Kingston. Oh, um, nice. Um, I mean, lots of lots of wrestlers that are going all over. Uh, ben Carter, somebody who blew up uh, the last six months. Um, ben Carter wrestled B Boy on my February show, and it was called one of the best action, uh, best rep matches in action history. It might be the best one, especially when you consider how B Boy and Ben laid out a story, and you know the, the young guy against the veteran and. B-Boy was his debut in the promotion, but he got over. Of course he did because he's B-Boy. He's like an independent legend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, and of course, uh, you know, guys like Manders, uh, the one called Manders is, is, you know, he wrestles in a lot of top promotions as well. So, you know, he's the type of guy that for what they want, what they say they want out of the NWA, Manders would, would be right in that wheelhouse. O'Shea Edwards doesn't O'Shea Edwards doesn't wrestle for me as much as he was because he moved to train at the ROH Dojo. So he's literally in their backyard and all Ring of Honor has to do is give him a shot. And, you know, I feel like he's, you know, TV ready to, to deserve a chance to uh, go into that spot. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like I run the type of promotion because that guys are ready to move up into the big levels um whether it's getting a contract or, or being on tv weekly yeah now for if you're listening or watching if you haven't heard any of those names i tell you if you go into iwtv you will see a lot of these guys names all over the place so definitely check them out and you know if you don't want to pay the ten dollars you don't want to have a free five days just just go on YouTube. You there are 
a bunch of stuff on YouTube that you can find all these awesome independent promotions and just get cultured into, you know, all this awesome wrestling that's out there, you know, beyond, beyond the, the three or four that everybody knows, there are hundreds of other ones out there. And it, it, there are so many that are worth, worth your while. It does drive me crazy when I, I might be on Twitter on a Monday or, when, or Wednesday or Friday night and people are describing the show that they're watching and it's terrible. I, I never watch wrestling that's bad unless it's on purpose because I simply I don't hate myself enough to watch a show that I don't like. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll can a Netflix, you know, a full Netflix series 15 minutes in if I don't like the tone of it. So I'm certainly yeah. not going to spend time watching something I dislike. I believe I very strongly believe in the Southern wrestling, you know, very heavy storytelling and heat with heels versus baby faces. Um, that's the storytelling and that's the type of wrestling that I like to push and promote. You know, if, if you like that style, you know, um, that's a lot of places don't really do that. They do the duel, you know, a lot of places do the dueling, essentially baby face versus baby face. And they just match up and do the dream match wrestling. Um, if that's your style, I do a lot of dream match wrestling, but I try to give a reasoning behind it, you know, a, a story. I'm, um, but I really want there to be hatred. I want my fans to hate the heels and cheer the babies. You got to have that light and dark, that good and bad that, you know, you got to have that, that thing. And one thing that we talk about on the podcast a lot is there's, there's too much of everybody seems to be a heel and there's like two good baby faces, you know, but and, often, and often even the heels aren't heels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, I, I want to hate you, but I, I don't know. I can't, I, I, there's something about you. I just can't hate you, <laughs> but I kind of like you. They're not committing to the character itself being a heel almost. You got to be able to commit to get fans behind you. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I want. And that's the type of stuff that really, I think gets over. You know, I'm not above introducing somebody with a couple matches and bringing them along slowly and seeing what develops. But, uh, like, for example, I brought Brett Eisen in. Um, I just ended October. I just ended one storyline. I turned AC Mac babyface. The very next show in December 2019, Brett Eisen came in. And, you know, he, he laid out somebody. And uh, very quick, nobody had um, – Nobody had had a match like that where it was just, a uh, you know, over in 45 seconds. Um, and then at the end of the night, he attacks AC Mack and he lays the gauntlet down for the future. He's like, you know, I'm, in, I'm coming for these belts. Uh, it was very, very clear that Ison, who is a babyface and a good one in a lot of places, it was, I wanted to make it clear, hate this guy. Hate this fucking guy. You do not cheer him. I mean – especially considering the fact that I had to turn AC Mac babyface essentially because fans were cheering him because he was so cool. So I, we turned him babyface. He doesn't act any differently. He's just aligned with the good guys now, but he's, I told him, I'm like, I don't want you to change anything. It's just fans are cheering you now and they're because they're allowed to. 
So. Yeah, exactly. So, so here, here's a random question that, that wasn't on our pre predetermined questions. And it's, it's a, it's a getting the mind of the, the brain trust behind this stuff. How, how long or far ahead do you guys kind of storyboard stuff to, you know, bring in somebody to get another angle to turn somebody from a heel to a baby face or a baby face to a heel? Like what's the process that goes into that? Um, I, I think in terms of not in terms of time, but in terms of shows, if possible, uh, I do want to, you know, and, and the great thing about booking is I was an active wrestler for years and now I'm booking and it's, you know, there's not exactly necessarily a, an actual class you go to. I'm going by feel, but I, what I like to do is be like a choose your own adventure novel, have lots of different options there. Um, like for, like when I brought Brett Eisen into face AC, you know, to, to attack AC Mac, I knew where I was kind of going with that, but we were going to have a lot of different options coming out of it to, I could go different ways and they would all kind of be right. And nothing would, you know, if ne nothing would necessarily be wrong. Um, I definitely don't want to just put myself over and appear like a genius because I'm not, but if you leave yourself options, um, like, my very first show in April, 2018, I didn't have a belt. We didn't crown a champion until December, 2018. And it wasn't until after the, I had an idea who the top guys would be that would get over after the first show. And then one of the guys on the show ended up getting hurt and never wrestled for me again. And he was going to be Oof. one of my top guys. So you got to adapt. Um, but I had, a, I had a few different wrestlers who I considered in that top mix and I gave myself options like AC Mac lost. I knew he was going to be a guy for me. That's why I introduced him strong, but I had him lose because he was a heel. So he lost on the first show and he lost on the second show. So when he becomes a champion, that sets up challengers for him. You know, you, you want to set up those challengers ahead of time. It's just like, you know, you got the IWGP champion and he's going to defend at the Tokyo Dome. So he's got to get pinned in a, a tag match or a six man or something by the challenger to set that up. You know, mm -hmm. you know, um, I like to give myself options as much as humanly possible. Laying the groundwork for what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I had talent. I mean, some guys had all, like AC, had all my dates through December, but um, I had some notable talent coming in. Uh, heck, from looking back at February and March, I had booked into my August show. Oh, wow. And there was, there was going to be some flexibility as far as matches, but it goes back to if you have everybody talented in the locker room that you don't really have to carry or protect because they can all go, you know, and you don't have people. It's like, all right, these two guys actually hate each other, so I can't put them together. It'll be a, it'll be a clusterfuck. You, you know, if you have that type of working atmosphere, it's gonna end up being positive. I've never ended up at least unhappy. I've been happy with at at least happy with every show I've done. That's you a know. good thing. <laughs> that is a very good thing. So, some of some have been over the moon um, with the second half of my last action show. The last three, really, I mean, the last half of the show was uh, was blow away. I said, um, I said, 
B-Boy and Ben Carter was probably the best match in that in action history. Storyline-wise, the following match, the main event with Eric Royal versus Matt Sells in a $2,500 bounty versus hair match was probably, you know, when you take into account the heat and the finish was probably the best match um, storyline-wise in history because Matt Sells was the most popular wrestler I'd ever had, but he didn't win a match. He never won a match in action, and he hadn't won a match in the entire year of 2019. Oh, jeez. And he came to me, and he said, I want, you know, action is, you know, there's a few promotions that wanted his first win because he was carrying it, you know, being a loser to all those promotions and really working it on social media. And he came to me and said he wanted to be at action. So, so we, we built it up and he won and we had a shoot barber set up. I went to a barber shop and I had everything set up because if Matt lost, he was getting his hair changed. That's his, awesome. his, we had actual barber stuff. There wasn't stuff you can just buy at Target. I had some fans tell me after when I saw that and it was the real stuff, I knew he was getting his head shaved. <laughs> and right next to it, I had a big plastic case and it was $2,500 in once. Oh, man. I booked uh, I booked uh, Kung Fu Donnie Janela, Joey Janela's cousin out of Alabama. I actually had him there to be on Matt's side because they were going to start teaming together before I got canceled. Uh, a lot of events canceled, but he was there to be part of the celebration and also to guard the money. So Matt won. We start putting the money into a bag from the case, and he takes $100 of it and he throws it out to the crowd. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a scene. It was a hell oh, yeah. of a scene. So if, if Action can never run a show again, at least we went out with a hell of, a sh- a hell of an ending. Um, I definitely don't plan to close down, but it's nice to it's nice to have a great feeling from the end of my last show. Went out with a bang, and ho- hopefully everything kind of goes on the up trajectory, and everybody can get back to uh, going to love. see a, a show. I hope so. And th- and that last show is February 2020. It's called Twenty Five Hundred Dollars Versus Hair on IWTV, and at least watch the last five minutes when, when Matt Sells pins Eric Royal, the, this, uh, my whole building just explodes and people are going insane. And, and then the post-match where he gets even crazier when he throws, a, throws money out. That was, mm-hmm. that was very cool. That's, that's a beautiful payoff you get from good storytelling. That's great. It is. He, he was on the first show in April 2018, and they never even had a finish because – uh, there was a run. Uh, I was establishing, you know, my big heel group, and they broke up his match. And you know, it hasn't storytelling wise been perfect. I've had retirements, I've had injuries, but mostly it's gone well because I just try to put the absolute best wrestlers and people I can in the locker room. That's great. So I know there's the, all that uncertainty going on. You've even mentioned it that you don't. You hope it's not the end of things. What kind of goals do you have personally for yourself to keep the promotion going or for the promotion itself moving forward? Well, um, I had a show scheduled at a high school in April. Um, that's very frustrating to cancel because the goal, which I, I don't really, I didn't really talk about it much, but the goal was a thousand people. 
So we, uh, one of my big fans uh, in his business as a sponsor, he's a football coach at this school. So we were going to have the football team selling tickets. Oh, that's and, awesome. And, you know, when you've got the football team, the cool kids that had a show, that's an event. Mm-hmm. Like high school football is a oh, big yeah. draw. So even if we fell short of 1,000 people and we did say 700, that's pretty damn good. And, oh, uh, yeah. you know, I, I guess those are my goals, but to continue to be able to creatively tell stories. And, I mean, right now, AC Mack is the longest-running champion in the state of Georgia. He's, he's had – the action championship since December 2018. 500-something, um, I think. Yeah, 500-some-odd days. He cut a promo, I think it was April 20th, that I uh, aired. That was day 500. It's unfortunate because that was going to play into uh, a couple days later was my April show. It's like, is he even going to make it out of the month, though? Uh, <sighs> you know, it's 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 tough but, I mean, I, I guess as far as goals going forward, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, keep attracting more fans, be interested, uh, to be interested both, you know, because I book for a live audience who come to shows, they don't care what's on IWTV. But I also book for people who are, you know, in England, in Washington State, in California, who aren't even, you know, in the same time zone as Tyrone, Georgia but they get to watch the shows on IWTV. So I'm booking for both fan bases. I'd like to expand. Uh, I'd like to expand both and I'd love to be able to run some more shows and be able to give more money to nonprofits and school groups. That's awesome. And like I said, hopefully, hopefully we get to a point. I mean, I know that there are some promotions that are doing some of the outdoor things. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's like you had it and then it just, pulled out right from under you but it's, it's frustrating because i know you know we would have done we've i don't know what we would have done number wise i know we would have done well i can't qualify that um i was probably gonna have to limit it to 200 people but i had a sizable enough venue where that would have been okay mm-hmm. um and we would have been safe um you know we would have been able you know with your outdoors you don't have to worry about um, you know, numbers because you can only fit this many people in a building safely. There's no air conditioning system, recycling air. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's frustrating and we don't know when we'll be back to normal or if we ever get there. Yeah, I know. I, I think we will. It'll just be at some point in time, but ho- hopefully that some point is sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So Let's talk about something happier. Let's talk about some favorites. Let's sure. let's let's get some smiles in the room here. <laughs> um, what I mean, and I know we've talked about some matches already, so it might be a reiteration. But uh, what was your favorite match that you've promoted? You know, thus far between all the different kind of promotions that you kind of work with, or and everything. The favorite match I've ever promoted was. Probably, uh, it was probably the $2,500 versus Hair. Um, because the story was that Eric Royal had put up $2,500 bounty in the previous year versus uh, 
for on Fred Yehi's head and nobody had ever collected it. So Eric was putting it up against Matt's hair. And that was, that was a, un, a unique opportunity. And I was able to play with it. Like people came in and they literally saw $2,500 cash in ones. They literally saw all this equipment, you know, actual, you know, barber shears and everything and being able to, uh, being able to know that it was going to be real. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like, Oh, $2,500, you know, winner of a battle Royal that, you know, you never see, or it's a check or it's, yeah. Here's monopoly money in a, in a, in a, in a covered briefcase. You know, that's, you know, people were able to see it was real. So when I was promoting that match, you know, Matt sells was the hottest, you know, baby face and Eric Royal was definitely, um, you know, he and AC Mack were probably the two MVPs of the first two years of action. You know, that, that probably was my favorite match to promote. Nice. Because it, it was really very split as to who was going to win among fan base. And it's a, it's a great stipulation. I mean, it's like something like that is what us fans love because it's, it's so out of the norm. It's not just a winner and someone gets their hand raised. No, it's a winner. Someone gets their hand raised and someone gets their head shaved. I mean, come or on. Some, or somebody loses and somebody wins 2500 bucks. Yeah, exactly. The visual of it, though, that had the chair there and the, the money, that's – the look on people's faces had to be the best part of it. Like, that's priceless. That's amazing. It was it was great. Um, we were encouraging people to take pictures and uh, right – uh, right before that match, we actually moved it over to the stage, and and we do have some uh, and we do have some pictures of it laid out, and it's it was it was very cool um, because that the feeling that night was not like okay they're doing a hair versus hair match, but because fans have been so accustomed to being screwed out of that stipulation by other promotions in the past, you know that we and this is very important to me we had enough credibility that we would pull it off um that we would be able to pull it off that people would believe that one of those stipulations was going to happen so that's that's probably my uh, my favorite match and i've known matt for a number of years we were uh we were both at nwa wild side together in the early 2000s um heck i got to wrestle him last year in september um <laughs> And that uh, on a benefit show and doing all that Gaga stuff with him was, was very cool. Of course I blew up because I'm not in shape, but it was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, favorite city to visit. You personally. Uh, I had a hell of a trip to Paris last year. So let's say Paris international. Nice. And domestic, I really don't. I really don't know. I don't even know if I can say Boston because uh, every time I every time I visit Boston, it's usually to land at the airport and and go home. <laughs> um, I'm originally from outside of Massachusetts. Okay. Um, God, I don't even know what city I would love uh, would be my favorite to visit. If I say L.A., that's ridiculous because it's a concrete jungle, and L.A. itself yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Too much traffic. Too much traffic. Too much yeah, everything in L.A. 
yeah, we have we have friends out there, and um, I get to go out there with my family every couple of years, and uh, it's it's definitely different out in California. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and it's funny. Different. I I grew up in New York, and then moved to Connecticut, and it's uh, almost about the same. And now I live in Pennsylvania, and I mean, life just like and everybody goes about two miles an hour and I'll be walking through a store and I'll be like, let's go. Come on. I got play. You're in my way. People get out, get out. Well, well it's so interesting as you can say New York. I don't know what that, you know, you, you don't necessarily, you know, if it's New York city, that's one way of life, which is going to mm-hmm. be totally different from upstate New York. Yeah. I, I was about a 35 minute train ride from this to the city. Okay. So pretty close. I, I always wanted to live in New York city for like six months to experience it. And I just never have, and probably never will. If you have a, (laughs) if you have a big cardboard box, you can just set that up, pay somebody like $3,000. And that's pretty much what it's like living in New York city. As I had a, as I had a friend who lived on long Island, worked in the city and had another place in the city that he would stay at when he worked late nights in New York. And I could tell you, it was probably the smallest apartment I've ever seen. My gosh. Yeah. Oh. So uh, favorite type of music that you like to listen to? Well, lately, uh, Daniel Maccabe, um had made a bunch of recommendations. So I've been listening to music like Dillinger Escape Plan, um, which I, I, I really, I'm, I'm not that cultured or that into the scene. So I had to literally ask him for it. It's like, Hey, what bands and CDs should I check out? <laughs> uh, but thankfully I've got Spotify and found all of them. So, uh, and I also love listening to Motown. Oh, nice. Motown is, Motown is great. I, yeah. I, I love the, the vastness there. That's <laughs> my, I, I, I myself am the same way. I go from one end of the spectrum to the other. I mean, if you can, if you can say something like, "Oh, I, uh, you know, I love Metallica and James Hetfield," but you can't appreciate Whitney Houston's voice, you really don't like music. You just like loud shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like loud shit, but I also like soft shit too. Yeah, but you, you know, so there's a di- there's a difference that you know, uh, you know, I like, uh, and I do like Whitney Houston, and I do like Metallica. So, uh, you know, there's, I, I guess, uh. I, I do have terrible taste in music, though. Um, Some people would say I, I do, too. <laughs> Mainly if you like my... enough of everything, it's not terrible, right? Man. I'm going to go it's with that. That's, that's, a, that's good variety. Yeah. Uh, so f- favorite food from Georgia or in your towns? You know, I, I know, it, you know it's America. Everything is you know, pretty much almost the same everywhere. We get Pennsylvania Dutch where I am, you know, but what's, what's your favorite food down there? Well, I grew up in Massachusetts, so this was never a thing I knew existed when I was a kid. But if there's one contribution the South has ever made to the United States, it is banana pudding. Oh yeah. Banana pudding is it's, it's not quite ice cream. It's not quite pie. It's like a mixture of both, and uh, I, I have to say that's probably the great contribution. And uh, 
Um, I could say I love barbecue, but I haven't eaten meat in three weeks for a, for a health thing. So I'm, I'm going meatless for a while. So I don't think that quite fits. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that considering like I literally eat meat for almost every meal. <laughs> um, so the last one is going to be favorite match, but I'm going to, I'm going to split it up. Favorite match that you have watched and it could be like from when you were a little kid, you know, it could be one of the major promotions. And then I'm going to, I'm going to add on to that. Your favorite match that you wrestled in when you were a wrestler. Mm. My favorite match. And because I like so much stuff, if you ask me seven, you know, seven, you know, seven times on each day of the week, it might be different. Um, I always really loved the uh, famous Eddie versus Ray match from uh, Halloween Havoc. What is it? Ninety-seven or ninety-eight? I think it's ninety-seven. Yes. Where Ray's got yeah. the, it's the whole. It's not just a hood. It's the whole purple. The whole suit. gown and everything, right? Like the cape. And and um, what I, was interesting about that is not just that they executed everything flawlessly, but the story going in was that you know, they wanted Ray to lose, to lose the hood, which was, you know, so that was an emotional match for him, which was ridiculous. And then the fact that they ended up taking the hood was eventually was ridiculous too. That I actually watched that match. I think yesterday and the day before that it's really, uh, it's always been like the perfect match to me. The way they just work together. Eddie is one of my favorites and, Oh, it's a beautiful match. <laughs> Start to finish. Oh, you know, and if you, you know, and if you ask me tomorrow, it might be like a Masawa versus Kawada match that I bring up. Um, it might, you know, it could be an independent match. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it could be, it could be a lot. Hell, it might be WrestleMania 7 Savage versus uh, Warrior, which is one of the greatest carry jobs in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I'll say, I'll say Eddie and, and Ray for now. Nice. And what about, yeah, what, now what about the, the, your favorite match that you actually wrestled in? Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I got, I had so many different, uh, I had so many different places um, that I wrestled. I had a, I had a few series with, uh, with a, a few matches with a guy who became friends with in new Orleans who, uh, he wasn't well known, but he ran a couple shows, and um, is, he went by the name Joey Homegrown, as definitely in Homegrown Weed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I found out that he he had a he had a ring and he had a training center. He was going to run shows, and with the first time I went over there, and I didn't know anybody, but I'd gotten the contact. I went over there and I grappled with him in the ring, and after a little bit, he's like, "So, are you busy in October?" And he booked me for a show right then against him. Um, and I had a I had a few matches with him that were like falls count anywhere, first through a table, and uh, uh, one that we called like a triple X style match, which you know all all kinds of shit. And uh, but I did this one in Homa, Louisiana, with him. That was you had to put somebody through. A t- it was a table match. And uh, I and and the reason I'll say this match is I've never even seen it. It wasn't taped. Oh. 
I'm the heel and I go to whip him in. And when you whip and you want somebody to reverse, what you do is you squeeze their hand. And I was aiming him at a garbage can. So he whips and I take the header into the garbage can. And so you know how sometimes you have, like you might call it a work to garbage can that's empty. Mm -hmm. This was not a work to garbage can. So his manager, I think it was, or one of my good friends, he tells me later from the trash can, he heard me yell, I taste mustard. Oh. <laughs> I took a header into the garbage can. Oh, and that's great. Up in my, on my face. Oh, that's terrible, <laughs> but awesome at the same time. It was, I wish it that was, was recorded. That would have been great to see. It was so funny and uh, to me, I love, I, and I wish I could see that. You know, I'm sure the match wasn't nearly as good as it is in my memory, but that was a fun moment. I mean, I, I got to wrestle a lot of guys. Like, I got to wrestle, like we talked about Butch Reed. I got to wrestle Tito Santana, who won the first match at ever, you know, at, at WrestleMania. I got to wrestle some of my trainers. I had a TV match at Wildside with AJ Styles. But it's those little moments where you can, uh, that are, uh, they're fun to me. That's awesome. I couldn't you had... Go ahead. I couldn't tell you who the match was with, but uh, I once had a guy beg to do a dive and he wanted to do the type of dive where he just rolls over the top. It's like, okay, so I got to give him, you know, a few feet off the apron and he's got to jump over and I just catch him on my shoulder and we go down. Well, I go to catch him and he just kind of throws himself over and lands right in front of me. And I'm standing there. So, oh, it was in Rome, Georgia. And I've never seen this match either. But the um, fans, and there were some, some young guys, and they're like, oh, boo, that's, you know, bullshit, it's fake. So, so I grabbed the kid by the hair, and keep in mind, I'm incredibly pissed off. And I boot him in the face. We get back to the locker room, and there is an imprint of the rivets on my boot and the laces uh, on his forehead. I shit you not, I got back, and I started being like, hey, look what I did. Um <laughs> Because if you're going to beg me to do a spot and then completely, completely blow it when it's all your own. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I didn't give him a concussion that night. <laughs> ah, he's fine. <laughs> they weren't checking for concussions back then anyway. So, yeah. I mean, I mean I've enjoyed the stuff that I've done for myself in, in action wrestling. I had some, some fun uh, stuff, some six mans, and I got to wrestle Billy Buck in a match where um, – I, we went outside and wrestled on the play and fought on the playground and had the whole of like 80% of the building followed us out to the playground to see us fight out there, oh, you know, but I promoted that. So it doesn't feel like it's right to say that, but I've, I've had a lot of very cool moments. That's I mean, cool. if yeah. I can promote and do whatever I want, it doesn't feel like it should be necessarily my favorite. Be a top moment. Yeah. And then to have all those memories from all from your time as a wrestler and now your time as a promoter, just to like look back on all those different things at some point in time, that's got to be a really cool, you know, really cool memories throughout your, your lifetime. It is. Uh, it is. I started, um, I started training when I was 20 years old and, uh, you know, I, I had some cool stories. I, I turned my 21st birthday. We were on the road for a weekend and, uh, I, 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 I'm going to tell this one story. So, uh, we it's a Friday night and we went to uh, um, with a group with a group. We went to Chincoteague, Virginia, which is out on the island. You know, okay. You I've know, been Pasco there. Ocean City. Yep. So, 
So they had some shows there at a, at a community center. And uh, I went with my trainer, Q-Ball Carmichael, and a few other guys. And um, it was my 21st birthday. And they got me incredibly drunk. Uh, I remember being at the bar, and I'm fine. And then I, I'm given a shot of Goldschlager. And I'm told, I got to drink it. And I'm like, no, no. If I drink that, I'm going to go throw up. He's like, drink it. So I shoot it, and I go into the bathroom in the bar, and I throw up. So the next morning, I got a hangover. Now, that day, that Friday, one of the referees had canceled. I'm in uh, the hotel room right before we go to the building, and uh, my friend Kevin Carson, he was a ring announcer and would occasionally ref too, but he was ring announcing the show. The phone rings, and he answers the phone, and it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. He hangs up the phone. It's like, Matt, have you ever ref before? <laughs> I'm, th- I'm three months into training and I had not even refed in training so my first ref experience was an entire show including a match featuring Joey Matthews versus Christian York which was just a million miles an hour and I'm 20 years old 21 years old hungover and terrified because I'm like I don't you literally you know as a ref have no clue what the fuck you're doing if you've never been in that situation it may look easy but uh yeah i did i did seven matches and everyone oh, took man. care of me and that's that crazy yeah we crazy. we talked to uh jay walker who wrestles up in winnipeg and he he started out and did some refing um and to kind of get like a full 360 of the business and i said to him when we talked to him i said you know it looks so easy on tv oh yeah you're just there one two three and you know one two oh no i miss it but there's <laughs> so much more that goes into that and to just be thrown into it with a hangover have a puke the night before uh, that's no fun at all and when i produce shows i one of the reasons i'm so tight on time on my shows for whether it's action or scenic city or anything else i go to i bring headsets so i send a ref out there and they've got the earpiece in and i'm Mm. telling them um you know i just had a referee that was away from the wrestlers i'll be like three minutes three minutes literally get into that wrestler's ear and tell him there are three fucking minutes left because he's like scared to go ahead and tell him. And it's like, no, you got to, you know, I'm calling directions. I'm directing from backstage. So it's even more complicated now. Oh. Um, refing is, uh, refing is no joke, especially when you've got the older school wrestlers who use the ref to pass spots back and forth, mm-hmm. which I used to do. And then I quit doing when some refs would fuck it up because I didn't, they didn't know what they were doing. That's a whole other art form. Oh, you know, yeah. It can just be like, no, no, that no, that was three. That was three. Tell him to arm drag me. And, you know, the ref's supposed to go, oh, okay, arm drag. And if he <laughs> doesn't do it, you turn around, look like a goof with your arm out. <laughs> yeah. No good. So we are at our last question. <laughs> it is the uh, most important question that we, that that we will talk about tonight mm-hmm. today this morning whenever you're watching or and or listening to this so our final question oreo cookies are you on team single stuff the classic oreo or team double stuff 
You know, in the process of evolution, you know, things die out and that should have been the single stuff because the pinnacle of cookie success is the double stuff. Thank you. I mean, it's just pure evolution. It just, the single has just not died yet. I, I don't understand why that exists. Not that Oreos are particularly good to begin with. So there's my hot take. <laughs> you got to go double stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Thank lay. you. Finally, another, another for the double stuff. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. It has been a lot of fun. Everybody out there, check out Action Wrestling. Can, uh, I, can, I, get, can I get some plugs in? Oh, I, I was going to get to that in one second. Yeah, okay, okay yeah. perfect. Check out Action Wrestling. They are on Twitter. They are on Facebook. They're on Tumblr. Check out Matt. He is on Twitter. Um, make sure you go and support your independent wrestling. Matt, what do you want to plug? All right. If you, uh, if you do want to see some action wrestling and you haven't gone to independent wrestling TV yet, uh, you can get a free five-day trial, iwtv.live. Uh, use promo code ACTION for five free days, and I do get a kickback on that, which helps financially. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's Action Wrestling, the number one, all one word for Facebook and Instagram. And we're on Twitter at Wrestle, W-R-E-S-T-L-E, Wrestle Action, and the number one. Perfect. And you can follow me personally for my hot takes on stuff like Pop Funkos and Japanese women's wrestling at Matt the Mouth. Awesome. And we will have all of those up in the credits so everybody can awesome. find can find those. Steven the boss, thank you for joining yeah. us tonight. Glad to we be here. We appreciate it. Matt, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, get out there. Support your independent wrestling. Go to IWTV. Check out action. Check out their matches. I think I watched about, uh, rewatched two shows already in the past couple of days. Um, and Matt, I really hope that everything starts to open up soon so that you guys can get back to it. Don't give up. Please keep some of that stuff going. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Once again, follow Action Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram at Action Wrestling One. Follow them on Twitter at WrestleAction One. You can catch Matt Griffin on Twitter as well. Use the handle at MattTheMouth. Watch all the great matches from Action Wrestling on IWTV.live. Use code ACTION for a five-day free trial. Follow the Bald Monkeys Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Use the handle at the Bald Monkeys. Listen to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for the Bald Monkeys Wrestling Podcast. Finally, watch this or any of our other videos on YouTube. Search for the Bald Monkeys.